0: Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold.
1: Hey hoopheads! we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. In here with me today, again, Dan Galinsky. I'm going to do so. What's up, guys? Glad to have you in here.
2: Yes, sir. Back again on this nice Sunday. Don't know when this podcast will be out, but it's Sunday today.
0: It'll be up tomorrow, so. Tomorrow, so. Not too far away. Yeah. Yeah, it's
3: uh, just... uh, a lot of wind. That's about it.
0: Yeah, I don't. I was gonna say, I don't know where you guys are, but there's about there's going to be 50 mile an hour winds today. So mm. hopefully the power doesn't go out during this. Indeed. But um, we'll keep going. A lot of stuff to get into today. Um, a lot of stuff this morning coming out. We'll start with just some general NBA news. A lot of dates have been released for throughout the NBA season, both the off season and the regular season. So we'll just start um, tomorrow, Monday at noon. The transaction window will be lifted finally. So we will see trades start to happen. Um, We've already seen the the Thunder and the Lakers agree on a trade for Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for a pick. We don't know if the Cavs are going to get in on anything, but they will have the ability to tomorrow. Um, Other than that, a bunch of dates have been released. Obviously, we know some of them, but... The NBA is targeting December 11th through the 19th for the preseason. Teams have the option to request three or four games to play in that preseason. All teams must have at least one home game. Um, I would expect the Cavs to request four games or as many as possible. Um, Any any disagreement there, I feel like this team you know, in particular would be looking to get as much run as possible, especially with a young guy to get just as as much preparation as they possibly can.
2: Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree.
0: I think yeah, they're definitely
3: No, I was, I was just, just gonna say enough. You're you're fine, yeah. I was just gonna say there's there's no way they wouldn't want that max.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say there are there are definitely teams out there that will want less. Again, like I expect the Lakers to want, you know, as few games as possible, but I definitely expect the Cavaliers to get get their full four games if they can. So looking past that, obviously we know December twenty second is opening night. The All Star Break will be March fifth through tenth. Um, obviously, there will not be an All Star Game, but just a a little time to have a break for the players. Um, May sixteenth, the regular season will end. May seventeenth through the twenty first, there will be a play in tourney for the seven through ten seeds. Now, the seven and eight seeds need to win once to advance in this situation, and the nine and ten seeds will need to win twice. So, with this in the bubble situation, we only saw the one playing game between. 8 and 9. It's looking like we're going to see 7 and 10 in 8 and 9 now, which is an interesting thing. I wasn't exactly expecting that. Um, I'm going to we'll start with you again. What are your thoughts on the the new playing format and does this further entice the Cavs to try to be as good as possible next year? Um, I like
2: it. You know, it gives more teams, you know, an opportunity to make the playoffs. I would say yeah, this definitely does entice the Cavs to try more, you know, have a better chance. It gives them a better chance to make the playoffs. Um, seventh through tenth, I feel like the Cavs could definitely be a ten seed this year. You know, depending on you know what players make improvements, how the team gels together and such. But uh, overall, I like the, uh, like the just the mindset or the um, what the what Adam Silver is doing, and uh, yeah, I love the playing tournament.
0: Yeah, I, I thought especially with the the Portland Grizzlies playing tournament, that was, I mean. It, overall you know in the grand scheme of things not a super important game but it was a ton of fun to watch and both teams were playing really really hard it was just an overall great basketball game Dan what are your thoughts on the new tournament system and um how do you feel about the Cavs maybe trying a little bit harder to be competitive because of it
3: well uh, I'm a fan of it as well there's it it's increases um just the competitiveness and it's it's good for – it kind of gives teams an incentive to, to keep pushing there. Um, I, I wouldn't want the Cavs to be really, uh, I guess, trying to go out and get guys to actively make the playoffs and give up like future assets and or um, young pieces. But, um, there's a, yeah, there's a possibility they could be in that conversation. But to me, it's – It's still hard for me to see them, uh, I guess, unless they made a real external move that is, I guess, getting it, depending on what they could get for Andre Jarman maybe down the road. I don't really see them being, they're still hard pressed to get in that conversation. Um, I mean, it's a possibility, but overall for the league, it's it's good to see that um, just because, yeah, that, uh, how it was last year, or, a couple months ago, there was um, definitely a lot of interest, and I, I think it's it's a good move by, by Silver in the league.
0: Completely agree. Uh, moving on, we have basically the end of the season being May 16th, like I said, and then throughout that time up until the finals, there will be games going on, and then July 8th through the 22nd will be the finals. So the season will end in July, late July likely, um, another key date here coming up this week, Drummond, and just the deadlines for all options will be Thursday, November 19th at 5 p.m. Obviously, that is Drummond's deadline to pick up his option. Now, reports are that he is expected to opt in to his option. Obviously, there were there, there was some speculation that he might opt out. That always seemed like, you know, a wild thing. But we finally do have some confirmation that he will be opting into that. Other reports, I think, from from Evan Damerill have come out and said that the Cavaliers do still plan to trade him. Um, that wouldn't be something that would happen immediately, but it still seems like you know previous reports that he was you know going to be dealt the trade deadline still seem likely. But it just shows that the Cavaliers and Drummond are still far apart on an extension, and that they're they're unlikely to reach one. That a trade seems imminent. I know we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording, Dan, but do you still see Drummond being dealt at the deadline as the most likely possibility?
3: Yeah, I would think so. Um, just because uh, it's, I think just because how um, there's a possibility of Tristan Thompson not being back, I think um, e- even if they were to draft, say, OB Toppin, it's, I would still think that he gets good run at or a good amount of run kind of at the four and um, maybe split at the four or five. But um, yeah, I just think that they would at least uh, maybe teams would want to see more of, of Drummond potentially um, is like, what's his buy-in level. I I think that the Cavs um, just based on like what Fior said consistently, um, given how J.B. Bickerstaff expects them to, I guess, move into next season with Drummond um kind of plan for how they've want to or been wanting to utilize him. Um I, I still think that it's it's more more near a deadline move.
0: What are you thinking about are you kinda of in the same boat here or do you think that there's a, a high possibility that he could get traded before the season even starts? Obviously we have the draft yeah. coming up here.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with Dan. I feel like this is definitely a trade deadline move. Just because I feel like maybe the Cavs still want to see what they have in Drummond. I mean, he only played what eight games with them last season, um, so maybe there could still be some potential there. But yeah, I'm all in with what Dan just said. I think this is a trade deadline move.
0: And that is a good point too, just being that you know they they might like to see Drummond play with these guys a little bit. I think you know, part of the reason that they traded for him, even if Drummond weren't going to be a long, wasn't going to be a long team long term piece, sorry was just to see how, you know, that type of big man would work with these guards. So even if, you know, Drummond isn't in your long-term plans, keeping him on the roster at the beginning of the season would kind of be, you know, your opportunity to to see how he's going to play with this team that you didn't get at the end of last season. So overall, like like we said, I I, I still expect this to be a deadline move. Um, There's always the possibility that he gets a trade before the season starts. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen on draft night. Um, Anything could happen there. But I I do expect Drummond Foley, as of right now at least, to be on the roster to start the season for the Cavs, even if it's pretty much a done deal at this point that he's not going to be here long term. Moving ahead, though, we can get into some other news, some not just general league-related news. Well, I guess to an extent it is 11-year NBA vet, veteran center Costa Koufis is looking to return to the NBA. And reports are that he would love to play for the Cavs. Um, he spent last season playing for CKSA Moscow in Russia. Um, he's from Canton. He has been training in Canton with Eric McCollum and occasionally CJ McCollum. C- Eric is CJ's brother. Apparently he's in great shape. He's down to like 250 pounds. He's been working to enhance his perimeter skills and he is only 31 years old. So Dan, we can start with you on this one. How do you feel about the Costa Kufis comeback to the NBA potentially with the Cavs?
3: Um, I, I wish the best of luck to him, but for the Cavs and their situation, I, I'd personally rather them uh, pass on that. Um, I just, I guess he's been working on his perimeter game. Fedor said that he looked good in a workout, um, it, at least in that realm, and had a quote-unquote, better than expected, I think he said, handle, which I don't really know exactly what that means. With yeah, how much Kufus. better is better than expected, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I guess that means, like, a one dribble, pull-up three type, like, in rhythm, maybe. But, yeah, I, I'm going to pass on that for the Cavs. Um, I, I don't want a 31-year-old big that I, – I don't buy that he's a real shooter. I mean, he's – I think he's, like, a sub-60 percenter, Lifetime from the foul line. I, I don't buy that at all. Um, not athletic, really, uh, by NBA standards. Not, I wouldn't really say a rim protector. Um, I mean, he's a pretty heady player, decent finisher, I guess. Um, can can clear the boards. I'll give him that, but um, I guess it's you're kind of like big on on the cheap if TT's gone, but. I'd rather them go with a guy like Alex Lyon or Harry Giles or take a shot at New Orleans um, who are kind of rumored uh, Frisian targets. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, that's a hard pass for me.
0: Amadou, how do you like the thought of Costa Kufis on the Cavaliers?
2: Um, Well, pretty much agree with what Dan said. I feel like Costa is just nothing more than a big body at this point. He hasn't played in what two
0: years? Something. He did have he was, a, a decent
2: season. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was gonna say he played for the Kings two years ago, and he spent yeah. his past season in Russia. So yeah, he's looking okay. to come back now.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't. I just don't know what he could provide for us. I feel like we could definitely get a player who would play better than him. You know, for around the same price point in free agency. So I'm just. I'll pass too.
0: One idea that I've or that we've kind of floated around as well is the possibility of him playing for the Canton Charge. Um, if he's just looking to make a comeback to the U.S., um, he's from Canton. Canton Charger, right there. We saw Kendrick Perkins do that late in his career. Um, he could be a potential ten-day guy with the Cavs or another team if he wanted to, you know, just take that route. That's something I could see. I feel like Costa Kufis would be a good like G League Ignite guy. Like, one of those vets that works with the young guys. Like, I feel like that would be the type of role that would be best for him. Just something – I I feel like he, he'd be better as a G League mentor than he would as an NBA player at this point. That just seems like I, – I don't – I personally don't see him getting a comeback with an NBA team this year. I think, you know, well, the center market isn't great. There are plenty of guys, you know, that are you can get for the minimum. I don't see Costa being one of those. So, I don't expect him to play for the Cavs, like I said – The closest we could see him being on the Cavs is probably a 10-day contract if he signs with a G League team, which could very likely be the charge. But overall, we don't even know if Costa wants that. We don't know where he's at. So just some interesting news. But, yeah, I I don't see Costa Kufis coming to Cleveland, at least not on a a full-time roster spot anytime soon. Moving on here, we have some, some draft news. This is the last podcast that will go up before the draft. The next one will come up after the draft. We will be talking about whoever the Cavs pick. Obviously, the Cavaliers seem to be zeroing in on Obi Toppin. Um, the final choice seems to be down to Denny Evdia or Obi. Colby Altman is currently leaning towards Toppin. Several others on the staff are leaning towards Evdia. Amadou, between the two, which way would you be leaning right now? Ooh, uh,
2: probably Evdia. 'Cause just because I feel like he fits our, you know, timetable better, um, and he has more potential than a toppin does. Um, he still has that ability to grow defensively, improve his shot, um, and all around just get better. So yeah, I definitely go after.
0: Dan, are you coming around to the idea of Obi Toppin being in a cavalier uniform at all?
3: Well, I think for him it's the key is they gotta get a defensive wing and free agency. Um, I, I still think like if they were able to add a Wessel one new um, somebody of that caliber, maybe a Josh Jackson um, that's, that's a way that you can kind of, kind of help mask uh, defensive deficiencies for him. Um, I guess, or if you were to go get one of those uh, like New Orleans guys, um, I, I guess that's a way that if you're going to try to be viable with him um, I, I guess that's what you have to do. You, you got to put pieces around him to be successful, but uh, I, I just, there's just better. I, I just really would. I, I personally am not on board with it still. Um, it, it's going to take me a long time to come around to that, but I mean, he's, he is a polished offensive player. I give him that um, there's stretch big um, capabilities. I guess you could say there, we saw it that last season for him, but I just, I just question against NBA bigs like he's guy. I think scouts have said that he's top heavy. Uh, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, I, I just I don't really love that. Once he does put on weight, you would think he would that he's probably going to have even more issues if needed to switch out, and he doesn't close out the as well. Honestly, doesn't doesn't use length well, and I, I'm not really on board with it. But it, it seems I wouldn't say inevitable at this point, but good possibilities. He's, he's their guy. So
0: the the hope of Okoro and Okongu seem to be kind of fading away. You know, those were the the other yeah. two guys in the race for a while. Um, it, it seems like it is down to these last two, though. Uh, maybe if the Cavaliers trade down, you know, which is still a very real possibility, if. You know the Knicks or the Pistons want to trade up for one of the guards, then you know that's still a very real possibility. But it seems like right now it is done to these two guys, and I don't know. It just feels like Obi's going to be the pick. You know, yeah, I'll, that's, I'll, that's, I'll that's, say
3: this: there was an interesting like trade suggestion by I think it was um, Jonathan Wasserman at Bleacher Report. He said um, I think it was that the Cavs would or they would come up to five um, Washington. Um they would take a Kongwu at five, essentially, and um I think the Cavs would get uh and they would also get Jetty Osman and then the Cavs would get the number nine and they took he had them taking top in there. I think the number thirty seven and um Troy Brown Junior. So that if that were what it was, I'd be okay with that.
0: Hold on, so Jetty and number five for Number 9, 37, and Troy Brown. Yeah, like I, I thought that was. I, I don't
3: really know. I it was just a su- suggestion, but yeah, um, yeah, there's been like no reports of it. But I, I'd be on board with that if that's. Oh, I would I, like, totally the, be on I board would with that. Be much more on board with that if that's how you're getting Topping. But I just, yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't know if they really want to give up Troy Brown, honestly. I, yeah,
0: I, I. If if that He's was the a case, if so the Cavaliers were picking at number nine. Yeah, getting Troy Brown would be huge. Yeah, um, you get a second rounder, you get Troy Brown, and you can still get you know your guy at number nine. Honestly, I don't know if I mean I, th- this was all probably part of a mock draft. I'm assuming, yeah. But I don't know if if Toppin falls past number eight. I think that would be the guy. Yeah, to that's, would be tough that was to the
3: other hesitation for me for that. Yeah.
0: So, but and in that case, that'd be good news because then the Cavaliers wouldn't have the option of taking Toppin. But Amadou, um, how would you feel about that? I don't, I don't know how you feel about Troy Brown as a player. I'm personally really high on him, especially yeah. the potential of him playing in Cleveland kind of as, yeah. you know, one of those point forwards to play alongside the guards.
2: Yeah, um, I'd actually like that pick, and I, I'd definitely do that. Um, of course, you're getting, you know, you're going out to number five. I mean, excuse me, number nine. Uh, the potential of Toppin is still there, but uh, I'd personally like it if Toppin wasn't there. You know, we can go in a different direction. Maybe, maybe Okoro is still there. Um, I'm not really sure. If coral if is still there, we're able to get Troy Brown and to get that second round pick, that'd just be a, a fantastic, a fantastic draft for us. But yeah, I'm, I'd be on board with that, that trade.
0: Yeah, looking at, that would be, be moving down to number nine. Um, you, you'd have to be, obviously, if the Wizards wanted to move up, somebody would have to be wanting to draft Okongwu. So either the Hawks, the Pistons, or the Knicks. So I don't know. That'd be weird. I don't, I don't really see that happening. I think all of those teams are kind of looking to go in other directions. Yeah. I don't know if the, the Hawks want to add another big into that rotation with John Collins and Capella and whoever else. Um, they have Deadman still, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, and like I said, I think the, the Pistons will probably want a guard unless they really just see Okongwu as the guy. And I expect the Knicks to either go with Toppin or a guard. So I don't really know if that's super realistic, but in the event that it were, I would be all over that if I were the Cavs. I think you're getting a, a fantastic haul for that, you know, that trade down, and then there's a the potential that you could still get the guy that you want. So that's that's one interesting trade.
1: Oopez Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. We also have other team focused NBA podcasts, including Knuck a Few Buck, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers, and Blazing the Path. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, too, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players' Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co host, Jason Sunkel featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA.
0: Looking at another one, um, this was something that it was Terry Pluto said that he had heard apparently or something that had been thrown out there was the Cavaliers trading back from number 5 to 14 with Boston and getting another pick. I think they have 26 and 30 as well. Amadou, how would you feel about getting 14 and 26 for number five?
2: Yeah. Um, this was actually a trade that I, you know, like thought about before. But right now, I I think I'm, I'm probably, I don't know, I just feel like getting two more picks, I feel like we're kind of in that same situation-ish as the Celtics, where I feel like we just have too many young guys. You know, we're it's just 10, kind 40. of in a
0: roster crunch in general yeah. a little bit.
2: It's just too many players, you know, too many... Um, People that would need the ball potentially. I just, I yeah, and I feel like you know going from five to fourteen itself is a big, you know, a big drop. So um, I feel, I feel like I probably just wouldn't do that trade as of now.
0: Dan, how are you feeling about that one?
3: Yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather the Cavs not do that. Um, I can understand if if they were able to um, maybe get a guy like. I guess Jalen Smith and like Nico Mannion or something like that um, or like Aaron Nees- Neesmith in that realm. But yeah, it, it's just, if you're going to add two guys, at least one of them's going to need the ball. And I mean, a good, you'd think a pretty high usage rate um, if you're going out and getting them. I don't, yeah, I, I'd rather them not do that. And go, going to that far down, like I, I can understand them tr- maybe coming back up, if they picked at five or at least, um, but, and then maybe looking to add another one, like in the late first, but just having your first pick at 14. Yeah. I I don't see them doing that. And I wouldn't.
0: You wouldn't do it even if the pick at number five is Toppin.
3: I mean, I'll at least say like Toppin, at least, you know, I, again, I'm not in love with Toppin there, uh, but I just think for them, he's, probably more of a sensible, I guess, pick than a guy like Aaron E. Smith. Like, I, I just – I don't know. Like, in the targets in that area, it seems like there's some wings that they could have um, in their sights and or maybe a big. But just given the Cavs' current roster construction, I honestly probably rather them just take in there. Yeah.
1: Well, just one, because. One I just wanna- because,
3: like, looking forward, they're probably – it looks like they're bound to deal Drummond, at least Toppin, you can probably say could eventually play at the five, at least for some stretches. So that's that's kind of my thought process there.
0: Yeah. One more trade I just want to float out there real quick too, another one with the Celtics. This was something that uh, Fedor had wrote about a little bit and we talked about on the podcast a little bit. The trade is number 14, number 26, Robert Williams and Gordon Hayward for number five Drummond and just like salary filler to make it the salaries work. So, probably like XM or whatever. Just to, I, I haven't done the math. But how would you feel about a trade like that? So, basically doing five for 14, but then you're also mm-hmm. adding in Robert Williams and Hayward and Drummond. Amadou, we'll start with you on that one.
2: I feel like that's just a lot to bring in. You know, it's, all, it's a lot of turnover. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing in. Two picks, you know, two players, Robert Williams and Hayward. I feel like if you do those picks, you probably, you know, look to target maybe some some of those prospects who are going to need some time to, you know, get accustomed to the league. Maybe like a Jaden McDaniels and then a Leonardo Balmero with 14 and then with 26 or something like that. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's just too much, you know, turnover for it to be a real trade that I would do uh yeah i i just i i I don't know i feel like it's too much yeah i think i'd pass on that one too i don't
0: know this is one that i personally really liked i think from the celtics perspective they're getting off of some guys which they are in a serious roster crunch um the cavaliers i mean you're gonna trade drummond anyway you give up number five but you do still get those two picks i think that robert williams is the piece here that's most interesting to me because you do get that replacement at the center spot you know you get somebody to replace drummond if 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 Thompson doesn't come back again, you have a guy there. Um, you could draft a, a center with that 14th pick. Jalen, or is it Jalen Smith, I think? Yeah, it's Jalen Smith. Yeah. yeah I was blanking on his name. Yeah. But, but Dan, uh, how do you feel about doing something like this? It's a lot of process,
3: but. I mean, it's, it's intriguing. I'll say, um, I mean, I'm not really definitive either way, but. Um, I, I guess with Hayward like what kind of what kind of player are you getting there I, I don't know how much I want to play Hayward over like the young guys we have because I, I just I wouldn't want to sign Hayward long term frankly yeah um, uh, unless he's really bought in and and I guess would be um, I don't know like look to sign maybe a, a team friendly deal. Uh, an extension, but if you're not looking to really sign Hayward, which honestly I don't think they would, just thinking of doing think more and Porter, um, I I I'd probably pass on that. I, I like if they went and if they got Hayward, fine, um, based on the Drummond thing, but I just. Ugh. I Given that he's got a real shot to honestly win a championship there and doesn't seem to want to be there, I, I question what kind of buy-in you're getting from him after in a, in a season where you're going to be losing mo- pretty often. So yeah, I'd probably pass on that.
0: That's one thing to consider is the fact that Gordon Hayward does have a player option, and he might want out of Boston. So I don't know if he would really be interested in coming to Cleveland. Obviously, if he doesn't want to come to Cleveland, he can just not pick up that player option. It's as simple as that. So mm-hmm. it, it yeah. would have to be you know both both sides as far as Drummond and Hayward would also have to agree to a, trade, a deal like this, mm-hmm. but that's where I see something like a Drummond trade at the draft being possible is in a deal like that. I I, I don't expect something like that to happen, but personally I, I love that deal. Again, just getting a guy like Robert Williams as well as all the other assets. That was something. That's something that I would completely go for, but. um just looking at, you know, this 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 draft in general and what the Cavs are gonna get probably at number five, because I, I don't expect them to trade down. There's always the possibility, but I think they're gonna be picking at number five. One important thing to remember if if the Cavaliers do get toppin', is that this is not the piece that you were building around, you know, for your team. It's it's one guy and it. it's not gonna be a superstar. It's just gonna be addition to what you have already. I understand the concerns about Toppin, and I'm not really his biggest fan either. Um, He's not going to help the defense. I don't think he's going to help towards winning overall this coming season. But overall, it's just one more piece to look at, and I do think that he has the potential to be a really good player. Like, I I, think—I don't buy the Amari Stoudemire stuff, but I could see him turning into a John Collins-level player. And even again, if his fit isn't great, that is a good player. So, say the Cavaliers draft Obi Toppin— He's you know, has a an okay rookie season, the Cavaliers are still bad, then you can just look at the next few lotteries, which again, at the top of the next couple drafts, things are gonna be looking a lot better as far as players. So whoever the Cavaliers draft and this this year, it's not gonna be the end of the world, and I don't know, I'm I'm just trying my best to come around on Obi Toppin. Um Yeah. Not um, gonna be a fan of the pick yeah. if it happens, but not the end of the world if it does.
2: It's just, I, I don't know, like, I just question the Cavs' direction. I, I just don't understand what they're doing. They're not really making any moves to try and better accommodate a Garland and a Sexton in backcourt. Because, of course, you know, those two, you're sacrificing defense. They're not out there, you know, looking for defensive players. I feel like there's just them just trying to acquire just a ton of talent and hoping some of them hit. Some of the pans for the out. Ones, Yeah, for, for those that don't, they just look to trade it away. And I mean, you can understand that logic, but I just don't feel like that's a good logic or a good, you know, just strategy to have. I feel like, you know, for for those top teams in the league, you have to have that foundation. You know, you have to have that set system or that set, you know, core of players that you want and build around those players. So, yeah, I, I just I top it just makes no sense to me. You know, I'm trying. I really am trying to, you know, trying to think about, you know, maybe what the Cavs are trying to do, but it's just. She's not clicking. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, it, it is weird because they aren't building, you know, a good core around Sexton and Garland because yeah. this is just another guy who needs the ball a lot, who can't play any defense. Exactly. You're not really yeah. trying to make win-now moves because you're drafting at, you know, arguably right. your most set position at power forward with Love and Nance and whoever else. And, yes. again, he's not going to be helping your team win because, at least not right away, because the defense is just going to be such a mess it's still. Be, yep. So it, it's not something that complements the rest of your young core well, and it's not something that helps you win now by, you know, impacting games as far as the defensive end is just not going to be there. So, yeah, I, I, I don't really it, – it's a pure talent play and hoping that it works out for the best. Exactly, yeah. Well, it's but – I'll say this, though. If
3: – I guess that there's been some – Kind of talk of, I mean, not. I don't know. It seems like it's more that he's kind of a four or five. But if he can have, like, if he can improve, like, his footwork and, but potentially, I, I mean, this seems like a complete long shot. Be like a big wing, like if he can,
0: be, like, be more
3: fluid. <laughs> um, that would really like that would make him a, a maybe a difference maker player. But I, just, oh, I don't sure. think. He's ever yeah. gonna have the, he's not gonna ever have the handle. He's not gonna have the fluidity to guard threes. He, he no. really can't guard fours. And the problem is he's just, when he keeps, like, if he keeps putting, if he puts on, say, 20, 25 pounds over the course of his career, given that he already is stiff, that's just gonna make him more stiff. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. So it's just, it's hard to find, like, he's gotta be able to guard, he's gotta be able to, contribute defensively in some way. And to me, like I just don't buy I don't really know if I really buy him as a spot player yet. Like I don't know I like the shot does not look it doesn't look like honestly look Great. good. It's not yeah, that fluid. It's, it's kind of like a flat ball. And everybody like hates on a Koro shot, which apparently has improved, but I, who knows. But it doesn't To me, look as bad. Like, Toppin just has some awful misses, like, where he's not hitting water, falling out of a boat. And, but the problem with is, like, against NBA bigs, like, what kind of, like, his footwork is not great. Not very, not really, like, that fluid. It's kind of more just, like, he's athletic vertically and just kind of, like, Mm -hmm. which he is. Which is fine, but, is like, are you really going to spend a five pick on like a lob threat in today's league that's not really a defender? Like, it's not like a calling move at all. And I, it's just, it's, I guess it's another piece, but to me, it just seems like it's, it's more and more looking that Kevin Love will be dealt after next offseason. And I don't know. And they're just trying to acquire talent in some ways, but. It like eventually like it, you have to factor in fit to some degree to some um, extent. It, and for a team like this, like they're never going to be b- big free agent players. So you got to have you, you have to build some sort of continuity. And this just it, it just pisses me off. <sighs> so exactly sorry that was my tangent. <laughs> yeah. Apologies for you that. You have
2: to yeah if you if you want to lure people to your team, you have to have some form of foundation. You know, some form of identity. Yeah. They just don't have that, so I mean, you're just really just not helping their case.
0: Like I said, this this is just adding one piece to the puzzle, and then hoping you can get the guy in the next few in the, in the next few lotteries. But I, I, like I said, I just don't see this. Okoro is somebody who
3: I'm this not saying so that you sense.
0: know Obi Toppin is a bad kid, not a hard worker. No, yeah, not at all, but. Okoro just, you know, he's somebody who has that dog mentality, Mm -hmm. kind of in a similar way that Sexton does. Just, that kid is going to work, and you know he is going to put in the work and be the best version of himself on the court. I just, I, I feel like Okoro is such a perfect opportunity to take a player at a position of need, who fills a need for your team on the defensive end, who can do a lot of things well, and who you can really start to form a culture with.
2: Also, don't you know, no take away the, from a Colin Sexton or a Garland. He's not someone who demands yeah. the ball either.
0: Yeah, yeah he's not, someone, not yeah, everybody every in, be. In, in a
3: rebuild can can have the ball because yeah, you got to yeah. factor and that's in the order and and Windler's I would think when he's out there, is going to have a decently high usage rate.
0: Probably, or maybe and not. You know, damn well <laughs> Toppin
3: is going to be a twenty percent usage rate guy. Like that's. That's definitely like, when he's in there. He's he's in there to score, and that's going to yes. take from other guys' progression. You just have to think that.
0: I don't know. Like I, I just feel like taking having Okoro on the board is such a perfect opportunity to take someone who fits seamlessly into what you're doing and is a guy that you can really, really start to develop a culture around. And I think a kongu as well. For the record, Congo a a would kongu be another too. good one. Yeah. Wu would be another. I, I, I guess I, I personally prefer a coral, but I don't know. I don't know I'm where I'm hoping, at with you know, this. Maybe,
2: maybe, just maybe, this is maybe a smokescreen. Maybe the Cavs are trying to get a <laughs> yeah. team to trade with them. Just maybe, but maybe I, so. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe so.
0: That's that's always. I mean, obviously, we we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Just trying to look on the bright side with Tappin. Like I said, I think overall this- he will be a. Like I guess I I think he'll be a good NBA player. Yeah,
3: I just
2: don't whether think he, he helps the, the Cavs class. or
0: not. I think he's going to be an NBA player. Is there is
3: there any of like comparisons to him with Paul Millsap? I could see that in a way, at least offensively. Of Paul Millsap.
0: I would say maybe I I feel like. Except I mean well, Millsap
3: has always been a plus defender. Really, that's the problem. yeah. P-
0: Millsap has always been a really good defender, and I don't know. I feel like Toppin definitely has more bounce than Millsap ever had.
3: Yeah. I just think, like, I mean, you think of, like, the post, like, early on Paul Millsap, like, more, like, the low post stuff. Like, Maybe I, a little I could, bit. I guess I could kind of see that, but I think, like, to me, that's, like, an absolute best case scenario. And yeah. Yeah. The problem is the guy's already going to be, like, he's going on 23 already. He's
0: 22, yeah.
3: And that's just, like, Amdu said it over and over. Like, the fact that the guy's going to be going on, like, he'll be, like, 26 like have been 26 and that's when you extend him. If you do is just not, it's just irritating. Ardeo. Unless he makes an incredible
2: jump. He comes in just averaging 20 and 10. That's just, you know, I just, I just don't know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know.
0: Like I said, FDA is still in the reported mix as well. Um, I wouldn't be super thrilled with FDA but I wouldn't be upset with him either. Um, I think his, his fit is obviously better. But we've talked about all these guys enough. Obviously like I said, you know, the next podcast we put up will be post draft so we can finally talk about who the Cavs have instead of who they're going to have. We'll just we'll move on from the draft talk for now. We got one more little segment to get in here into here. Um according to Legion Hoops Ross, which is definitely not credible, but um the Warriors and Cavs have held talks about a deal that would send Kevin Love to Golden State and Draymond to a third team. I just want to say I don't buy this trade at all. Um, I, I, I don't really want to talk about what the trade would look like because it's not going to happen. I kind of wanted to shift this discussion more to just looking at both Kevin Love and Draymond Green as players. Obviously, Kevin Love is set to make roughly $30 million over the next three seasons. Um Draymond's gonna be making 22 up to 27 million over the next four seasons eight per year. Amadou, we can start with you on this one. Who do you think has more value as a player? Who would you rather have on your team right now between Draymond Green and Kevin Love? Yeah.
2: Uh, this is actually a tough question because I feel like whoever you pick, you'd have to have in specific, you know, scenarios. With Kevin Love, of course, we've seen him in that you know first option type of role as well as being that, you know, third option off-ball type role. We've never seen that with Draymond. So so I'm just going to throw some teams out. For a team like the Nets or the Clippers, you know, those teams that are just one piece off, I feel like they definitely much rather have Draymond just because they already have an established offense um, and maybe that defensive mindset, that leader, that playmaking that Draymond provides is something that they would need. But maybe for a team like that's kind of on the cusp, that already does have maybe a defensive identity. Maybe like the the Spurs, maybe? I feel like they definitely lean towards Kevin Love, you know. Uh, of course, Kevin Love and the Spurs, we actually talked about them in previous pods um, on a trade. I don't know. I feel like it's tough. I feel like, okay, so if I had to pick a player, just putting everything aside, I feel like I'd probably lean towards uh, Draymond, Just because, of course, he brings that defense, you know, he has that playmaking ability. Um, He's a leader. You know, his shot, of course, is not as good and his offense. is not as good as Kevin Love's. But I feel like you can hide that more than you can hide Kevin Love's defensive woes. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go Draymond.
0: I have a take on this, but Dan, I want to get yours first. (sighs) <sighs> yeah. In a
3: vacuum, I'd probably say Draymond. And again, this Amiko said that his source um, like strongly refuted this. Like it, it was not <laughs> – was, was not. he yeah. basically gave that like a hard no. Um, so just to get that out there. But to me, yeah, I, I'd go Draymond. Honestly, I think a lot of people get – hung up on kind of shooting and, and I, I'm a big, big guy. Like we're shooting matters. That's why I'm so high on Windler, probably way more than other people. But, um, and I, I, still love Kevin Love. Like what, what he's, I guess I, I just loves probably a little bit more than that's a little much, but he's a really productive player and how he spaces the floor is key. Really good passer. I uh, know pretty good passer at least, but, Draymond is a special passer, frankly, and you just look at – I mean, I know he's getting up there, but still, like, when he's fully healthy, which last season he was kind of banged up, um, the guy just impacts that, uh, the defensive end of the floor so, still, like, so just so much game to game. Um, honestly, to me, when there's a guy that's fully right, I, I don't think there's, honestly, a defender – you can put in Anthony Davis, whatever. But I just think in terms still, he's pretty switchable still. Maybe not onto like ones, but two through four, very switchable to me. Um, I don't think there's like when he's fully locked in a more impactful defender on in the league than Draymond still. Just such a heady player. Um, honestly, you'll see him make two rotations often like that. Other guys just don't see. Um just what he brings from a an intensity standpoint when he's there, like fully locked in, um, like in the pl- playoff, Draymond Green is is a very impactful player, and honestly, like to me, that's the difference in the playoffs. I just think like when they're in that those situations, Draymond is has always been at his best. Where Love, I, it's been very up and down, and I just think with Love, it's. Um, Draymond, like he, he can run offense for you still. I understand he's a non-shooter, but he at least like he's a good finisher, and he's he'll get he'll find a way to get baskets for you in some way, shape, or form. And I just think, I mean, it's he's a hard roller. He's a really good like really good screener, like an impact screener. That's not something Love's really ever done that well. Um, and love is, he's just not the low post presence he used to be just because of the back issues. So to me in a vacuum, um, I'm, I'm taking Draymond, but again, I, the Warriors are not going to, they're not going to basically net
0: love for Draymond. I I don't see that in any way. I just (laughs) don't see it. it, It's not going to happen. But I I do think it's an interesting argument because I agree with your points and I, I think, Andrew you brought up a good point especially that, you know, it's kinda depends on team need because they do bring very different things. But just looking at what you're gonna be getting from both of them moving forward, I might almost lean towards Kevin Love just because you because he think
3: he'll age, age
0: better. I, I think that Kevin Love will age much, 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 much better than Draymond Green. And looking at the deals, again, mm-hmm. Kevin Love's making more, but it is a dec- it is a season shorter as well. Draymond's gonna be thirty four at the end of this deal, making over twenty seven million dollars. Um I think and we've talked about Kevin Love and what his role will be on, you know, certain teams in the past. I could see, you know, as Kevin Love gets older kind of moving into a high-usage six-man role if he's on, you know, say a contending team. But I think he will always be able to provide value because of the shooting and being able to do everything else well enough. I just I really I think that Draymond will have a bounce back season this upcoming year to an extent. I don't think he tried his hardest this year with the team that he had. But I do also think he's just starting to get older and starting to slow down a little bit. And like you said, he is a special passer, which will always be extremely valuable. And I don't think he's someone who's, you know, being like close to being out of the league or anything. But the lack of a shot and the lack of the overall offensive game really outside of passing to me and just facilitating, I don't think is anything, you know, that crazy. And... I don't know. Like I said, if he's engaged right now, yeah, I'm probably with you is there, there are maybe a couple of guys, but that's a big maybe that I would rather have than Draymond Green just to defend somebody on the block. But I'm not sure how long that'll keep up. I'm not sure by the time he's 32, 33, how well he'll be able to switch on quicker players. I do think he's going to slow down and like I said Kevin Love's always going to be a liability on that end overall but I think I I think I'll take Love for the like for the duration of both of these deals and I think it's close I think it it is team dependent but overall I think I would take Love Yeah that's fine I I was just going to say but
3: the one re- other thing that I'll say is it, it's just with Love you just never know as far as like the health, and I understand he yeah. was kind of banged up last year, Draymond. But that I just think going forward, that's probably gonna even be more of an issue.
0: That is another and thing to consider. That's itself. another.
3: That's like the key reason why I just I don't think he'll be dealt until after next season because having to pay compensate him for three years three years is. I mean, I guess if it were more near, it'd be after a couple months pass. But I just. I don't think I think other teams just see that like way more than the Cavs do.
0: That's a fair point. I didn't really even I didn't consider injuries when I talked about this. And like we said, Draymond's been a little bit banged up this past season too. I don't know if him sitting out games was more due to injuries or just due to the fact that he didn't care about playing on the team that he was for, playing for, but overall, yeah, I don't know with injuries. I I'm, I'm still I'm going to stick with my pick with love, but the injuries definitely are a concern. Um <sighs> Anything else before we get out of here from either of you? Final prediction for who the Cavs are going to pick? Uh, go ahead, Amadou.
2: I want to be optimistic. I think it's Coro.
0: You think it's Okoro still? Yeah. Dan, who are you yeah. going with? It's the Cavs. I'm not going to be optimistic. It's going to be Toppin. <laughs> I'm going to go with Toppin. We will see. Again, this is going up on Monday. The draft is on Wednesday. We will hopefully have another podcast out Thursday. So we'll be there to wrap it up, talk about whatever else has happened in the time since. So thank you out there so much for listening, everybody. um, If you enjoyed, please subscribe. Um, If you're on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review if you enjoyed. Um, And yeah, we will see you after the draft. Bye.
1: to get started.
0: Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.